in case you missed it on Newsbreak. SABC News, independent and impartial. One o'clock, good afternoon. Children at the Morister Children's Home in Ladysmith in the KwaZulu-Natal Midlands say they are ecstatic to be back at the facility they call home. Over 100 children were forcibly removed from the facility last week by the Department of Social Development following allegations of child abuse and racism. The removal and relocation of the children sparked outrage amongst the community and organizations who questioned the Department of Social Development's handling of the matter. The KwaZulu-Natal Christian Social Services went to court to challenge the department's decision and the court ruled that the children be returned. The children say they, are, they were not happy about being separated from the people they regarded as family. Executive Director of Bosasa Now African Global Operations, Papa Leshabane, denies that he attempted to negotiate a settlement between ANC presidential spokesperson Zizi Godwa and the woman who is accusing him of raping her. He says he cannot confirm the claims of dragging and rape made against Kodwa as he was not at the place where the alleged incident took place in April last year. Leshabani says the woman informed him of a representative's subsequent engagement with Kodwa. However, he denies that he played a role in the course the woman and her friend, who was allegedly also attacked, should take. The allegations against Kodwa were made in a letter sent to the ANC's Office of the Secretary-General. Busi Chimombe reports. According to the woman, Leshabani asked him not to go to the police after a doctor had found that she had been raped, suggesting she sought out the matter with Godwa. She says her then-friend attempted to negotiate a financial settlement of first 20,000, then 50,000 rands, but after five months of no success, allowed the woman and her friend to pursue their own course of action. Leshabana has categorically denied playing any negotiation role, saying he simply listened when the woman would SMS him about her attempts to get relief. Meanwhile, Godra sent out a press statement earlier today in which he denies the rape allegations. He says the letter is replete with false accusations and is part of what he termed a feeble yet dangerous attempt at political blackmail and manipulation. The ANC's Women's League has meanwhile called on the party to consider suspending Godra pending the outcomes of the case. Energy Minister Jeff Hatebe has denied labor unions' claims that independent power producer programs and projects will cripple ISCOM's liquidity position and create a threat to coal jobs. He was speaking at a media briefing earlier this morning in Pretoria. The minister says government will continue to back renewable energy projects and IPPs as envisioned in the Energy White Paper. The minister says they have made enormous progress to get more IPP projects signed and are looking to get 20,000 megawatts of renewable energy by 2030. The department has signed 27 IPP projects since April last year. Khatebe explains. The renewable energy IPPs are cost neutral to ESCOM as the cost is passed on to the consumer. Procurement through competitive bidding allows for the best available prices at the time. The electricity prices as I've said, are highly regulated within the Electricity Regulation Act framework and also through the electricity pricing policy that was adopted in 2008. 
The DA in Gauteng has lambasted the province's Premier, David Makura, for a projected deficit of 5 billion rand in the provincial health budget by the end of March. Gauteng Health MEC Gwen Ramakopa confirmed the deficit at a meeting of the Provincial Legislature Health Committee last week. She said the department is presently at a deficit of 1 billion rand and that the remaining amount would accumulate from debt to unpaid suppliers. DA Gauteng Shadow MEC Jack Bloom. This is Premier Dave Mercura's greatest failure. He's simply not managed to transform this department. It's still inefficient, corrupt, and mismanages huge amounts of money without providing a decent health service. It's time the housing health department was properly transformed so that it's sufficiently run and money is effectively spent and patients get decent health care. And finally, in international news, Pope Francis has condemned clergy guilty of child sexual abuse in the strongest terms, calling them tools of Satan. Speaking at the end of the Roman Catholic Conference on tackling pedophilia within the clergy, he promised the church would take action to protect children from what he called ravenous wolves. Now, the pontiff is also stressed that child sexual abuse was a universal problem and that much of it happened in families. The BBC's James Reynolds reports. Victims say it really should be very simple. If a priest is accused of abuse, the church should not hide, should not shelter that priest, but it should involve the civil authorities in a criminal investigation. It is worth saying that this is defining Pope Francis's papacy, and it is also a problem he has inherited from previous popes, from Benedict and from John Paul II. It's a problem that didn't just emerge with this particular pope, but it is something that he clearly now feels that he has to fix. And recapping your top story this hour, children at the Morrister Children's Home in Ladysmith in the KwaZulu-Natal Midlands say they are ecstatic to be back at the facility they call home. Over 100 children were forcibly removed from the facility last week by the Department of Social Development following allegations of child abuse and racism. That's my bit for today. For Lotus FM News, I'm Hafsam Kize. Navita Gajwaj will be back with the next news update at 2 o'clock. It's now time for Newsbreak Talk with Dinesh. Promised the world. Well, I want them to, you know, just get some peace and order in the country. But still, they wait. It's an election year and time for you to assess the worth of your vote. 25 years since democracy. How much has your life changed? Tell us the challenges you still face in your community this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Give your vote a voice. Very warm welcome to Newsbreak Talk today. It's Cutting Edge Current Affairs with me, Tadesh Haripashad, where we go into the community this time and find out from them exactly what some of their concerns and challenges are. And then we talk about, and we put it in the broader con- context of 25 years of democracy. How much has anything changed? Has it changed for you? 
what are some of the challenges that you still experience um, and do you think that you know 25 years later it could have been more speedily dealt with so that's um, what we're discussing today on Newsbreak Talk and I think we are doing this specifically in the build-up to the 2019 general election of course you know it's you could go as far as saying that South Africa is in full force election mode manifestos from very various political parties are being dished out um, weekend after weekend and you know it's it's the promise coming through from the politicians but many are telling us on the ground is that these promises happen you know every five years and what happens to the delivery of these promises so that's the general sentiment that we have um, you know on the ground and we would like to canvas that view and ask you you know what are some of the areas that need dire cons- uh, attention um, in your communities and then we're going to look at it in its broader context 25 years later should that problem not have been sorted out by now and what took so long so we are going to be um, you know opening up the phone lines etc and giving you the chance to speak about it but I think let's just start off the conversation let's just put it into perspective let's get our feet a little bit wet with regard to the topic um, Rachel Vadi, the Newsbreak Talk producer, took to the streets of Durban. She specifically went to Chatsworth and she spoke to some community members there about some of their concerns and some of their um, challenges that they face on an ongoing basis, specifically as we build up to the polls. And this is what they had to say. Well, I want uh, you know the country to come back to normal because right now, you know, everything is in shambles. So what do you expect from the government? Well, I want them to, you know, just get some peace and order in the country. And from a Chatsworth perspective, what's wrong here? What do you think needs attention here? They should cut down on the crime rate. Well, they should put, um, you know, more police for uh, around and you know, more security. And how does the crime affect you? Has it affected you in any way? Yes, I did have quite a few break-ins at my home. And we beefed up security and things like that. From 1994 to now, has the crime worsened in Johnson? Yes, it has. Yeah, there's so much of murder, rapes and, you know, all that carrying on. Look at the schools. There's so much of violence and there's too much of violence in school. The children are carrying weapons to school and all that. It's terrible. It's been 25 years since South Africa has the democracy, we've done away with apartheid, and you guys are the newbies, you all grew up in democracy. Yeah. How does it work for you when you hear your parents talk about those days and what's happening now? Uh, happy that it's not, happy that we're that not we in democracy, that. That, that the thing changed now. <laughs> Why are you happy about that? Because we all can live as one nation now. We're living as like one big happy family. <laughs> and you don't feel there's any issues? No, there is issues, but small. It's not like how it was before. It's better than what it was before. There's no so much of there's not so much of racism and all. So no, because now we can go wherever we want, whenever yeah. we want to. We don't have to like like all the Indians now to stay in one region. Now we can go anywhere we want. So, um, considering you're 18 years old, right? You're the youth. What are some of the issues you experience in chats with some of the problems? Corruption. Corruption is bad. <laughs> what sort of corruption? No, there's people dying, murder, and all is happening everywhere. So what do you think should be done about that? The government's supposed to change the thing and make it more strict. So they have more polices around the area. So you believe crime is not being addressed in Chatsworth? No, very lightly. They're there, but they're not actually doing their job. 
anything else like no. besides corruption what about the education system and thing that you have just finished education is all right but as the year is going past people there's more failure rates is getting higher and jobs actually harder to get jobs now because they're favoring because they're favoring everywhere we're going getting because of our color we're not getting a job even for education purposes we're going to university it's harder for indians to go so are you finding it difficult to find a job at yeah. the moment yes very difficult. what are you doing to try and get a job we putting our cvs out all over we do have a job now but as a contact as <laughs> no other way we would have gotten a job we went maybe as soon as we finished school last year we finished from january trying maybe 30 places we gave our cvs they all declined because of our of being indian they even phoned us and told us we told them they said no they only taking blacks but now you're talking about democracy 25 years later and you know it, all the races it is changed but it's still there like i said it, it's not as bad as it was before but it is there still okay it has become more uh, modern the religion the race wise it's better what's better about religion and race i think with race the children of today the youth Uh, it's better because they learn to adapt with different races and I, i like that when i was a child it was different because we weren't around different races so now my children is equipped to different races so it's better and then what about service delivery do you feel you're getting enough personally i'm not sure it's difficult to say yeah so when it comes to housing education social grant i think the, that should be improved with education i think the fee is too high some people can't afford it housing should be given like how it used to be given like 30 35 years ago not now you must go take your cash and buy your own house no how was it 35 years ago i know i remember my mom i think they applied and then they got their house and then you pay every month now you can't get it that way you have to buy your own house purchase it yourself so they got the views from the street what many people are talking about the issues closest to their heart their concerns and i think their challenges that they've you know so um graciously put forward to us here on news break talk and we're going to take it all forward now and talk about some of the societal challenges that exist in society um you know the build up to election now and then in the broader context 25 years later you've been voting since 1994 has it changed that much what are um you know your expectations and how best to change your current circumstance well i'm very happy today in studio it's actually a privilege of mine it's the first time in studio that i have um justice yakub retired constitutional justice yakub today joining me in studio justice yakub thanks for your time thank you for having me hello everybody and uh Well, I hope we have a good lunchtime session. Yes, I really hope so. And I think uh I'm sure you're going to provide a lot of food for thought talking about lunchtime. So, um you know, very very good to have that um you know, that historical perspective because Justice Yakub, you've been so instrumental in the um liberation struggle, you know, whether it was on the ground fighting or the awareness and and, and the pushback. um the legislative pushback against apartheid. And I think when democracy came around 94, um it really was work for i think your stock and to assess it now and to look at you know how far it's come i just want to start off by asking you you know the 25 years of democracy it's a, it's a big campaign for south africa a lot being celebrated or is there enough to celebrate oh south africa is a million times better today <clears throat> than it was in 1994 of course there are many many problems mm but first let me tell you to what extent it is better yeah the younger people don't remember that in those days we were all completely separated 
in those days you go to a supermarket you mainly see white people at 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 even the cash registers in those days you go to a hotel white people are there in those days you go to restaurants in Durban you used to get Indian waiters but in Joburg and all you got white waiters everywhere yeah. you went and the mainly the african people you saw mm. uh, were really people who were very very poor would no home anywhere nothing yeah now we see <coughs> in kwazulu-natal african and indian people getting hold of the economy mm. if you walk down the streets of durban you are in south africa today of course some uh, cape town is a bit different but if you walk down the streets of Johannesburg and even Sandton you are yep. in South Africa yeah um you listen to radio programs in those days you find only african only white people would phone in yeah now safm african announcers african people yep. phoning in indian people phoning in and for those indian people who think that um that indian people are worse off in apartheid i know hundreds of people who after 1994 has gone off to Johannesburg and Cape Town in search of better things yeah and our younger people have jobs now that they have never ever could have had before yeah so no so, criticisms yeah. and justice you said no no that, no no yeah. no that th- those are all the positives mm. which we have to appreciate mm. but the corruption is huge yeah the education is not well organized you mm-hmm. see our government has had the ability to produce wonderful white papers mm-hmm. so all these things that have happened is not necessarily because of government the education system is in trouble the health system is in trouble corruption is huge and we have got to get down to it and try and sort it out mm-hmm. properly and the only way to have clean government is to have a clean political party I am not sure whether we have a clean political party in South Africa yet. Mm-hmm. I can't target one political party. Yeah. But somehow we have got to make sure that all of us including the government begins to live the values of the constitution mm-hmm. and we really begin to work to get things done. Yeah. We we think that wonderful white papers and long statements are wonderful things. They are not. They read very well. but in the end you've got to get people to find out what the needs of our country are mm. and they must be dedicated to sort them out absolutely of course just as you are talking about the freedom that south africa managed to uh, i think inherit uh, from the uh, you know shackles of apartheid for so long uh, interesting to 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 point out justice you were talking about um, you know holding i think you know ultimately the to to um condense it you're talking mainly about holding these political parties accountable and many are saying and and, and here's one particular um one particular text that came through on whatsapp that i have to look at immediately um you know shame on all these political parties because they don't assist us to you know fix even the slightest of things that are wrong and and, and this person it's actually gone pele who messages to say um why can't we have the crematorium in mobeni heights in chatsworth fixed so it's things like this that community constantly say um we have a government in place and we've put them in place we constantly engage with them and and bemoan our challenges falls on deaf ears and that's a major problem that community is saying exists right now 
the real major problem exists because our government hasn't trained people to serve. Yeah. People who do things that they are properly trained and they are properly supervised. We don't have that. We don't have proper training in education, no proper training in health. Everybody blames everybody else. The Minister of Health will blame all the provincial people, etc., etc. But really, they have got to get down to it and start working genuinely for the people, mm-hmm. not talking, yeah. but doing things. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, has, generally speaking, not Happened. It's become a culture, Justice Yaakov. I mean, you you know, you, you constantly hear, and as you said, white papers abound in South Africa, and you constantly hear about the plans, about the goals, um, and, you know, it doesn't really materialize. And I want to ask you if you could expand on that. You know, what has fed this culture of, of you know, lack of delivery, lack of achieving, and lack of getting it done? The lack of reality. For example, in education, it wouldn't have been t- taken an Einstein to say, how many schools have we have? How many classrooms do we need? How many schools have toilets? How many don't have toilets? And so on. Instead of focusing at that sort of basic level, we start talking about outcome-based education and Mm. changing things at the top and so on, which was all quite wrong. And even now we are wrong because now... We hear about having iPads at schools, which are mm. a great, wonderful thing, when thousands of schools have no toilets. Yeah. What will happen to those iPads when they go to, uh, to poor places? So again, it, it, it's, it's talking nonsense yeah. at a very high level and not looking at fixing things where they're supposed to be fixed. And I think that any political party who says providing, and I don't care whether it's ANC or anyone else, that providing some sort of pads yeah. to children in our schools is the priority today, is election-seeking in the most negative way. Absolutely. It should cause them to lose votes rather than gain votes. And, and I, think, I would expect the minister to be absolutely embarrassed by such nonsense. Because I think, you know, that's a valid point then. You know, a current crisis currently in the education system is pit toilets with yeah. the children, you know, um, running the risk of losing their lives by, the, you know, the, the, the very nature of the way these toilets are constructed. But... You know, Justice Jakob citing the example there about what are the priorities? Should Would you want to give an iPad to a school that doesn't have a functioning toilet and sanitation system? But we'll leave it there and come back to Justice Jakob to take this conversation forward as we go about. When we come back, we go to the phone lines. It's 089-310-8789. And yes, I'll remind you, our focus and our the only kind of um, conversation we're having here today is what are some of the challenges you face within your um, South African context, within your community context, to 25 years of democracy, do you think it could have been better handled? Give us a call. It's 089-310-8789. SABC3 brings you the best in international reality shows this February. On 13 February at 7.30pm, we start with Bride and Prejudice, The Forbidden Wedding. Then on 14 February at 7.30pm, we bring you Making a Model with Yolanda Hadid. And on 18 February, Quit Your Day Job starts at 8.30pm. The best reality TV only on SABC3. 
The biggest South Indian show is coming to Durban ICC on Friday 1st March featuring singing sensation Chakar Mahadevan along with popular stars and celebrities of the small screen DD Makapa Anand Charanya Mahat Aishwarya to name a few and the very popular folk singer couple Sindhil Ganesh and Rajalakshmi along with Malavika Rakshita Shakti will belt out evergreen and popular numbers get entertained hurry and buy your tickets on online.computicket.com co-presented by Serendipity Travels in association with Andal Foods Media partners daily news and rising sun the views and opinions expressed on newsbreak talk do not represent those of sabc news or lotus fm very fortunate to have justice uh, zak yakub today in studio spending the hour with us talking about you know his perceptions on where the country has come over the past 25 years and then listening to your concerns and i think just some sort of you know understanding as to the current plight south africans find let's go to the phone lines logan chetty is from chatsworth hello logan Thanks for holding. Hi, thanks, thanks, Suresh. Um, my concern is that you know uh, I live in Chatsworth and I'm chairman of the KZN uh, funeral directors, mm. and we have approached the municipality on a number of occasions. It is an ANC-controlled municipality. The crematorium in Chatsworth now is lying there for about five years. Yeah. That we can't get it running at all. Mm. You know, I can't believe it. This is the municipality, and this is the ANC that we voted for. are not even bothered about our people uh, and it's an essential service that we require people of chatsworth are not all that wealthy that they can yeah. afford to go yeah. out of chatsworth to do their cremation mm. and yeah we've made so many endeavors to the municipality written letters to them they don't even reply they don't even respond they don't even take your calls to now this is a sad state of affairs i can't believe it you know yeah. 25 years now in the democracy that we're living yeah. in things should have changed. Logan, I, go look at that crematorium. It's falling to pieces. Absolutely. It's yes. falling to pieces. Yes, we totally understand that. To us, we, Logan, think we will privatize it. Logan, I want to talk to you about this though. We understand that, you know, I think the, the last uh, investigation into that, we understand that, you know, the two furnaces are expected to be installed, likely looking at around March for this to happen. You know, my question to you is, well, nothing, you, nothing. you've been complaining about this and I think the community has been complaining about this oh, for a very yes, long time. Oh, yeah, I've been complaining about this. Do you question the timing of why it's being, you know, fixed now only? I can't understand. We've got local guys who can install that thing there. Local guys, very very efficient chaps, but they have to go right to the United States and buy a furnace and bring it down. Now that it can it will take sometime in June to arrive here and then they're going to install it. Now the problem is you bringing something from overseas, they don't have the space for it. Yeah. Yeah, we That's understand. Yeah, we understand Logan. I'm going to leave it there with you. Thank you for raising the point with us. We really appreciate it. Let's go to Selvin. Hello Selvin. Hi. Good afternoon to you sir and to Dr. to Justice uh, Jakob as well. Mm. Today I'm going to concentrate on your specific topic because Justice made a lot of important issues yeah. and Logan spoke about a specific issue which is good. I'm going to make a general uh, talk. Sure. Paris, over the years we all fought the struggle. I lived in Nearbank And the road I lived in is named after my friend Krishna Rabilal. We fought the struggle, but what I'm saying now is, justice is so apt of you to have him here today. Everything today in South Africa is based on a court system. In other words, South Africa is now run by a court of law, not by the fiscal. I'll tell you why. Because when people in our area where I live phone the police and the police comes up, the person who called the police becomes the uh, the suspect, and the suspect becomes the villain. because the villain knows the police so i'm saying corruption needs to be eliminated the other thing is 
voting time, you get a group of clickism. They get together, they run around the ward councillor, and the guy who says it like it is, like Lotus says it like it is, becomes the victim. They will do anything to bring him down, so he's victimized, he stays out. So that's what happens. They get a new councillor all the time. The councillor does nothing. So I'm saying in a new election, people do not be misled by clickism. Find the right guy to vote, and we need people like Justice to guide us, and Paris as well, to create the awareness. Thank you, Lotus. Paris, keep up the good work. Appreciate your call, Selvan. Thanks for that. Let's go to Hamid on the line. Hello, Hamid. Hi, Hamid. Okay, let's go to Mr. Louis Pillay. We lost Hamid. Please call us back. Let's go to Mr. Louis Pillay. Good, good afternoon, Daresh, and mm. good afternoon to Zach. I think, you know, we are one of the powerful countries in the world that got a beautiful constitution. Zach was also instrumental in doing that con- constitution to Rabin Gordon, Phil Ramaphosa, and so forth. I think if you look at our policies, our policies are very strong. We got a child support grant, we got disability grant, we got foster care grant, and we got a pension grant. I think if you if you take into account that, if you look at one minister, our late Dula Homa, he had 16 different departments to turn it in four years to make it one. He did a lot of work there. Look at the 10 million houses that the government is building. We have fresh water for over 10 million people. Now we've got electricity in the informal settlement. Then we have freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of expression, and freedom of choice. But our people don't practice that. You can stand in Chair Square today and say what you want to say against the government. But we are saying, do not say you are anonymous. Do not give incorrect names. Say you are Paul, David, Peter, John. Give your correct name. No one can arrest you for it. This is the new South Africa we're living in. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Thanks for that. Let's go to Rajesh Sibram. Hello, Rajesh. Hello, sir. How are you? Well, thanks. And hello to your guests. Sir, the, the, the problem is, one, yeah, in South Africa, we have, we have everything that we need, right? But the problem is not the ANC government. It's us, the people. I will tell you why. Like, they say the education is bad, the, the, the security is bad, and everything else, right? We, the people, voted the ANC. Within the first five years, they didn't perform. We gave them a chance for the second five years. Now, how long is gone? 25 years. So what did we do? Nothing. Let's vote the next party in. For example, at home, we, we have our own kids. If they do something wrong, what do we do? We, we give them a discipline and make sure they don't do it again. With ANC, we cannot do that. The only way to put things right in our country is to vote the, the next party. It can be the EFF, it can be the DA, it can be anybody. Then the ANC will learn, you know what, if we don't put up our socks, we're going to lose the election. Now the people are saying we are the supporters of the ANC. People don't know the meaning of support, what kind of support there is. So that is our main problem. If we vote, if we must think with our heads and not with our hearts. If we don't perform, out, get the next party in. The next 
Rajesh, we'll leave it there with you. What a great point you've raised. You know, Rajesh, the thing is, um, often we, we're told, specifically by the IEC, you know, your vote is your voice and the power of your vote. And I think the way you've captured it there, uh, it was quite, quite powerful, I think, very strong, you know. If you're unhappy with what is being delivered by a party, why do you still vote for that party? I think ultimately, talking about how important a person's vote is. Thanks for the point, Rajesh. Let's go to Hamid back on the line. Hello, Hamid. Hi, Rajesh. Hi, Zach. How are you? All right, thank you. How are you? Ah, thanks, Hamza. Listen, uh, what, this, uh, you know, the, the state of the nation, uh, we disabled, uh, you know, nothing was mentioned about disabled. You know, we are now also discriminated, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, we're so far behind what uh, we want to be in the first world, you know. Yeah. But uh, there's no education. They've spent $25 million in on uh, on an athletic, uh, you know, athletic, uh, this person and pay. But they, but they can't. Why can't they spend that money on uh, toilets or you know edu- uh, in other sports? You know, term sports or disabled sports. Yeah, yeah, and we understand uh, in terms of the representation there. Thanks for that call, Hamid. We appreciate it. And I think that's definitely something to put onto our agenda as we discuss it uh, even more with Justice Yaqub. Sheila on the line. Hello, Sheila. Hi, how are you? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm fine. I just want to say how excited we were in 1994 when we were actually uh, feeling that, uh, you know, it took us so long to liberate the country and finally we thought that we are being liberated. And a uh, a few short years later, we find the liberator being an oppressor. And this is what the ANC has now turned out to be, and it's shocking that uh, they have brought this country to ruin uh, to such an extent that I sometimes wonder if there's, a, there's going to be any kind of recovery because of the mass of uh, uh, ruin that has happened. In ESCOM, 500 billion rand gone into corruption, and now, of course, the inquiry is taking place, including service delivery money and the profits, the actual profits gone out gone in corruption, and now can they expect the public to pay for that? Definitely not. So obviously there has to be a recovery process. You can't pay 5 million rand for nine pit toilets. How clear-cut corruption that is. You know, with that kind of corruption in this country, it's, it's, it's unfathomable. You can't fathom the depth of that corruption. And you, you talk about it, the Queenie. They put 16 million in Essence Festival. They themselves got a billion run in unaccounted for irregular expenditure. And that is the same story in every municipality, both local government, provincial government, and the national level. And you can't say the ANC is going to change when you keep within you um, corruptors who ought to be in jail. And uh, unless all that transforms, we cannot say that the ANC is now a liberation movement. Unfortunately not. They have become the oppressor, and we as South Africans, we have to take a decision. And many of my own colleagues, you know, I was part of the Black Consciousness Movement. They will agree with me that we need complete revamp in this country. We need action. We need to take the bull by the horns and say, enough is enough with crime, corruption. It's not just in government, by the way. 
It's private sector corruption. Yeah. And at corruption with the police, with the with everything. Mm. And how we got a lot a lot to on our plate. Yeah, we'll leave it there with you, Sheila. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Okay, Justice Jakob, I think our work cut out for us now. It's time for us to dissect all of these points and quite quite a lot there, quite interesting points that have come through. And and while there's so much, you know, on that list there to talk about, whether it is corruption, whether it is wasteful expenditure, I've got an interesting uh, point raised here by Viren Rajdeo about um, the education standard. I want to tackle that. So, you know, tangible points there to talk about. I want to talk about that, um, that, that call that we got through, I think it was from Rajesh, who... Who, who I think he really spoke to the power of the vote, the power of the man on the ground. You know, ultimately, you are deciding who should run the country. Um, and, you know, help South Africans understand the power of their vote. You know, his example was if a particular party did not perform in that government role, change the party, vote them out. Hasn't happened in 25 years, though. So your thoughts on how society should be mindful of this kind of dynamic? Yeah, thank you. Well, firstly, it's difficult to decide which political party to vote for because all political parties have their problems one way or another. So the important thing, though, is to educate our people. My my tack is not to blame everybody else, but to think about what we can do. Hmm. So we've got to make sure that we exercise our votes properly, that we get our pe- the people with whom we have contact to learn how to exercise their vote properly, to learn about political parties, mm-hmm. to do their research properly. If necessary, the people on the ground should form another political party if the existing political parties are not good enough. I am 70 years old now, yeah. so it's harder for me. So I speak to the younger people to say, the future is in your hands. You can never trust a government. Power lies in the people. Only if we can ensure that the people constitute a strong civil society. Yeah. We have always said, even before 1994, that you leave a government alone, then power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. The problem is that the government have taken all the organizers of the people within itself, that our people themselves are not fully and properly organized now, and we have not educated ourselves enough to make a contribution to our democracy in the way in which we should make our our contribution. It reminds me of the point that Louis Pellet raised when he said, you know, there's so much available from freedom of expression to freedom of speech. Um, do South Africans practice that? You know, what is the avenue? And of course, a, a lot of apathy comes through. One understands the disillusionment they face. You know, your thoughts on the kind of impact organization like what you're talking about can actually have? It can have a huge impact. And the problem is that the Constitution didn't bring non-racialism and non-sexism and all proper government into our country. The obligation rests on us people in the country to do what we can to get it right. And remember that it is not the government who is corrupt. It is actually the people within the government who are corrupt. Hmm. Those people have families. They live in a particular society. They are conditioned by some things. And therefore, we have to contribute to the conditions which create a society in which corruption is reduced. 
It is our job to do that because remember, the government and the private sector are not just an immovable force. They consist of real people, yeah. human beings who behave in a particular Justice, way. Justice, I want to talk about corruption and it's a bane of society's existence right yeah. now. Um, I think, you know, so many examples, you just flip through the Zondo Commission and you'll have yeah. it there. But I, I think the one I'll cite is Eskom and the amount of, um, you know, debt Eskom has and, and may, you know, the, 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 the reason for that debt is being you know, cited as, as, as maladministration, corruption. And you, as South Africans, have seen the, the extent of darkness they can be plunged into by virtue of the corruption taking place at Eskom. How do you handle it? What do you do as a society, as a people now to try and, you know, diminish corruption as best you can? Well, let's see, because there have been a lot of statements of honest people who say they want to try and do something. We need more and more honest people in government. We, there are some, there aren't enough. And we've got to see how well, how much they can do. But we've got to start our own protest action. We've got to show the government with, with, with mass protests of hundreds and thousands of people yeah. that this is not good enough. Just talking like this on radio goes into one ear and goes out through the other ear. Yeah. Let us protest in our thousands. Let us protest in our millions. I mean, if we can get through our organization to get together, if we organize properly and get 20, and it take, it, it'll take a long time, it's not easy. If, we, if, we, if all of us start working now, and in five years, we are able to have contact with 10 million people who are not corrupt, and those 10 million people form a non-corrupt political party, we will have a great deal of work to do but we will succeed. In other words, my thinking is that we must start from scratch and develop slowly and carefully, bit by bit, person by person, yep. a political party, a gathering of people who reject corruption. We must have might on our side. Yep. We must have loads of people on our side because we get messed around when we talk good things because we are alone. Just as it's, it's almost, uh, you know, compelling me to make the link um, between the apartheid era and the apart, uh, anti-apartheid activism that, you know, you were very instrumental in. And, and, yeah. and, and try and help me make this correlation now. You know, that movement, such a machinery of apartheid, um, oppression, institutionalized oppression, yeah. but by, by virtue of protest, of constantly keeping that pressure of spending solitary confinement in cells because of it even, um, you were able to make the dent. So, yeah. help me make that link to but, present but, but, day. But now we need the same kind of activism. Yeah. And the activism was about organizing and mobilizing masses of people who were prepared to die for the cause. And again, we must organize and mobilize masses of people who peacefully are able to tell the government what to do. And we must be organized in our millions, not so that we will just vote for another political party, we must organize in our millions to say these parties are too corrupt. If we believe that they are too corrupt to change, if we believe that the cancer in them is too big, I call upon all right-thinking people to get together and work hard towards a non-corrupt society, a non-corrupt political party, even if we say, let this election go by, by the next election in five years, 
we will be ready. So I call upon all right-thinking people in society to start with yeah. the ground rules for a non-corrupt structure yeah. Yeah. and let us make it work. Justice, moving on to some of the points then, and I think the one that came through very strongly, we got a text about it, we even had a call about it, and I'm actually going to read more WhatsApps just now. Um, the... I, I think it, it's one issue, but a microcosm of what society is going through, the Mubeni Heights crematorium issue, right? Yeah. And many are saying that they've been raising this with the Itaquini Council. Um, the crematorium has been defunct for a, for, for a great volume of time now. Um, and, and, and it's finally being addressed. We're told it's finally being addressed. But the point is, why does a community have to suffer and battle for years with the problem before it is addressed? For the same reason why children have to die falling in toilet pits. Yep. In other words, our government at all levels is just incompetent and unable to do things appropriately and properly, and we have got to get it right. And I don't think it's because it's in an Indian area that this happens. You go to, you see how much African people are suffering too. You know, Justice, that is an incredibly important point. I recently ended up driving through a, a predominantly, you know, a township, as it is called, you know, according to the old construct of it. And I was appalled at the living conditions. And I just thought to myself, you know, what is the level of maintenance of delivery that you would have burst pipes and you would have garbage strewn across? So it seems to be an ongoing South African problem, not just a particular community. We have stopped caring about people. So I was motivated by caring about poor people, caring about the suffering of ordinary human beings. Now we talk the big language and we, as soon as we get into power, we get comfortable ourselves, we stop caring about the ordinary human being and we start thinking that those people are miserable because they are lazy, mm. only because we have arrived. That, I think, is the trouble, that the majority of people don't truly care for poor people, don't truly care for suffering. There are a minority of people who do, and we must increase the number of people who do. We must learn to use our money and live our lives in such a way that we get some enjoyment ourselves because we need some... We need to live at some level, and beyond that, we must use the resources we have to care for other people, to organize and mobilize, and to get things right. Mm. Well, let's go to WhatsApp quickly before we take another batch of calls there. Uh, this one from Tyron in Mandini. Uh, good day. I want the senior citizens to be looked into. Public transport should have discounts for seniors. I own a bus company and it really um, rumbles me to have a senior pay a full amount of fares, but I can't do anything about it because I because if I favor it, the rest of the transport industry will target me. So can government at least make uh, you know make our senior citizens a priority? Um, and you know the thing is, um, when you look at it, senior citizens um, are still very much um, active, and 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 you know so they're still very much a part of the system and I think their concerns, they need to be taken into account. So we did speak about Gon Pele and he raised the issue with Mobeni Heights crematorium. We've got Rajan Rajkumar from Cape Town. Um, let's tr trying to retrieve your text. There we go. Um, 
Thanks for the awesome program. The challenges that I face in our community are safety and security issues, burglaries, hijacking, unemployment, plight of the poor, lack of housing, social ills such as alcohol and drugs, and lack of health facilities, no transport infrastructure such as trains. Um, this is from Rajan Raj Kumar in um, Cape Town. Thanks so much for sharing that with us, Rajan. And um, yeah, more comments coming through. Um, just trying to get through them all right now. Um, Sabina Chetty says, I think it's time for a change in government. When this government inherited um, the state, parastatals like ESCOM, which was a freehold entity, it has now created a debt-ridden entity. I think that as a country... Um, we increased VAT last year. The government could have uh, sorted out ESCOM. So that's coming through from Sabina. So um, I think bemoaning the major big problems, um, you know, that in society. And this was an interesting one that um, we had. I said it was from Viren who messaged to talk about, I think, um, there we go. Yes, um, Viren Rajdrio, the I want to comment on your interviews earlier, so let's press pause. The responses by those young people just out of school is an indictment on the education system in this new democracy. Their language, diction, apparent ignorance of current affairs is scary. This is chilling, as these are our future leaders. Thanks so much uh, for the program. And that was from Viren. Let's listen to this. We got a voice note here. Um, let's listen to the comment coming through. I'm not so certain as to who this is from. I'm sure we will learn that once we play this note. Good afternoon. I've just tuned into the show. Uh, but, uh, Justice, the question I want to find out is whether Section 342A of the Criminal Procedure Act 51 of 1977 is applicable in these matters of corruption and its trial. Because if it is, then I can tell you something. Um, this is the manipul manipulative ma manner in which this Section 342A will be implemented by those accused and thus crippling the case and leaving the country sitting worse off than it was. So, yes, all these commissions of inquiries and everything, but when it gets down to the trial, the whole of South Africa would be misled into this entire trial thing and if section 342a of the criminal procedure act 51 of 1977 is applicable in these the garnering and time of witness of statements will make the entire trial futile now the people are not being told this so can i please have clarification on that justice whether this section of the act will apply um in uh, the trials ahead roy Maraj, thank you Thanks for the question there, Roy. We're going to talk about that with Justice. When we come back, we are going to be uh, trying to go through, I think, many of our outstanding issues. Stay tuned. It's Newsbreak Talk with me, Tadesh. Easter India Shopping Festival at Gravel Race Course, Champion Room, 15th of February to the 3rd of March, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. No extensions. Yes, no extensions. Latest fashion wear, handicraft, home decor, footwear, gift items, henna, astrology, and so much more. Products with the best quality and prices. Refreshing restaurants serving authentic Indian dishes. Entry fee is 10 rands. Remember, the best place to shop is at the Easter India Shopping Festival at Gravel Racecourse Champion Room from the 15th of Feb to the 3rd of March, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. Remember, no extensions. As Khoisan communities reclaim their heritage and reverse their colonial dispossession, some prepare to battle it out in the Constitutional Court. 
opponents of the Khoisan traditional leadership bill claim the legislation discriminates against them. Have you ever heard a Zulu, a vendor, or a Khoisa having to go and register like you're joining a gym or a, or a club? It's an insult. Watch special assignment this Sunday evening on SABC3 and the News Channel at 9.30. The summer of cricket continues this Sunday in the second test series between the Proteas and Sri Lanka on day four. SABC Sports gets up close and personal with the Sport Hero of the Week on playing for the coach on SABC One at 2.30 p.m. Then at 3.30, the Dodda Duba Black Leopards welcome the Lions of the North Highlands Park in the EPSA Premiership Clash on SABC One. Brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game. Newsbreak talk with me, Tarish, and we are talking about 25 years of democracy and some of the current challenges that you face, trying to you know, look at that particular correlation going forward. We had a question, uh, I think it was from Roy, and he wanted to know specifically from from Justice Yakub, Section 342A of the Criminal Procedure Act. You know, how applicable is it in terms of actually getting some sort of criminal movement um, with regard to many, many corruption, um, you know, process was currently underway. I, I don't know what Roy means, but what Section 342A says is that the court must make sure that it avoids delay, which is a good thing. So Roy must have a particular complaint about it, which uh, hopefully he'll, he'll call us about after the program is over, mm. and, and we can talk about that. But as far as the criminal procedure is concerned, many people say that because we have a fair trial, more and more people commit crime. I don't agree with that because that means we must have unfair trials to limit crime. That's nonsense because to have unfair trials is to ensure that people get convicted when they didn't do anything. If we leave everything to the police and not have fair trials, you'll have people going to jail for nothing. Mm. So we've got to have fair trials. You can't say the fair trial system affects the criminal procedure system. Mm. The problem is we've got to train the police has not been done. Yeah. We have to train the court people at the lower levels, which has not been done enough. And we have to make sure that the whole system works properly. Mm. And dealing with some of the other problems that um, have been mentioned. Yeah, just, just moving away from the training aspect of it, and I think you've highlighted that quite yeah. strongly, and I think it's a major point, and I do want to spend some time in conclusion yeah. talking about it. But I want to talk about, um, you know, and... This is if I actually even understand uh, you know, enough about that particular act and that Roy is citing. Mm. You know, when you look at something, and let's just take one, the Zondo Commission, the, yeah. the level of allegations, testimony, the amount of witnesses, and then you think that's a commission now. And then to take what was, you know, the outcome of that commission or the report created from that commission onto a criminal trial seems like a lengthy process, doesn't it? I think they should have gone for a criminal proceeding in the first place. It is because the police are so inefficient and so bought off that you have to rely on commissions of this kind publicly. And of course, I think the government also hopes that a commission like this will keep us all occupied and by hearing about all these things, we will think that justice is being done. Right. Let us remember that they must, the government must not be allowed to use a process that lasts for five years to ensure that people forget about it and they can go ahead with business as usual. What we must remember is that what we need is not commissions of inquiry ultimately. We need efficient police Absolutely. who get their evidence yeah. and 
prosecute. Yeah. The it's almost like required it can't be an apology for the criminal proceedings. Almost like a band-aid, but you know justice you raised that an, an interesting point that Selvan just messaged us um a while ago. Selvan Governor messaged us to to ask us to to remind us to talk about it. Don't forget to raise corruption at police services. Um and and we were to talk about corruption at that big level that looting of the state but it exists on that lower level as well like Selvan is saying you no know, the, the how it happens at law in law enforcement. We had a theft at the Kwazulu-Natal Blind and Deaf Society of some 10 million rand. We reported to the police uh 6 weeks ago and uh, surprise surprise nothing has happened. And money has been stolen which was supposed to have been used to make blind people's and and deaf people's lives better. Not a word. Yeah, I think that that just then bemoans this issue of 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 what you're talking about in terms of of um you know the training aspect of it but justice uh and I I wanted to get we actually did have um you know we we're trying to get some community feedback on a meeting that took place recently I think it as as early as the weekend uh to deal with land invasions yeah. and how that has been a major problem for many communities going forward we got a text now um from I think it is Okay, no name. For twenty-five years on, we are living in fear with land invasions, and again, another issue that that government needs to handle more effectively. Um, many link it to the, the the discussion about land expropriation without compensation. Your thoughts on the way this particular process is panning out? How land invasions are becoming more commonplace? I think land invasions are becoming more commonplace, not because of the constitution, yeah. but the government has done too little. to ensure that poor people get land. Yeah. The government has got to work quickly and efficiently. And the idea is not to take land invaders and put them into jail because they'll come out and invade land again. Mm. So punishment is not the answer. The answer is that the government has to very seriously start negotiating with these, you know, land invaders are regarded as if they are criminals, but they are homeless people who are living in pain. suffering and poverty most of them their lives are in a very difficult situation and the only way out is for the government to seriously come to the party start negotiating with these people properly talking to people as human beings and working things through yeah. there is not enough of that in government at all yeah. all they can do is go for eviction orders all they can do is get police to throw people out of places but this kind of response makes things worse i agree that in some cases it is necessary to do that but you've got to do two things on the one hand you've got to use the arm of the law to ensure that there is peace but the arm of the law itself will never give you peace in addition to that you've got to talk to people in pain and misery help them through it and help them to better their conditions had the government started with this approach of talking to people in pain and misery and helping them 25 years ago and they they they, they were able to deal with 2% of the people who were in suffering and misery every year 
fifty percent of the people yeah. would have been fine and would have, been would a have long also way. gone yeah. a long way they in terms of social it. cohesion to really create a so leveled social playing field yeah. where you know society feels well we all have the same um, you know uh, successes and challenges so we all won but I think that hasn't happened. Final call now, David. Before we wrap up, I get some parting shots from Justice Yakub. Hello, David. Dennis, thank you for this. And Justice has given a lot of valid points. Yeah. But to highlight the points uh, uh, further, he says you must speak. Yes, you can speak to the right authorities. But if you take our schools, you take the home affairs, you take the post office, any government parastatal that's running under the banner of the of the present government. There is filth, there is lack of toilets, there is lack of competent people that are, that are there, the, the delays are long. I've applied for my driver's license two years ago. I've taken six pictures, now they want me for the, for, the, for the now, I think about the sixth time they want that. That is all. Education now, principals must go around looking for soaps and toilet paper and things when they have a function at the school. The condition of the schools where our children are being groomed are groomed for the bush type of uh, uh, children that will make up citizens of tomorrow. Where on earth did you see that type of a thing? Yeah. I think I'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much for raising the points. Running out of time now, it's literally two o'clock. Thank you so much for that point. We really appreciate it. Um, Justice, I think it's time to wrap up now. And I think a lot of food for thought here in terms of how to vote, taking into account what South Africa has achieved in the past 25 years. I think your advice then to society on that regard. Is that we must strengthen civil society, make ourselves stronger, educate ourselves. And the issue is how... We can non-corrupt the ANC, and if we can't do that, how we can form in the next five years a non-corrupt, really honest political party of the people who will take things truly further. Because the power lies in the hands of the people, and we can exercise it, A, by voting, but also by getting together and becoming a strong, unbreakable force of millions of people working together. That takes a lot of work. That work we did at the time of the anti-apartheid movement. And that is the work which is required of young people today. Let us organize and mobilize. Let the young people and the middle-aged people all get together and get people together to create a new, non-corrupt working yeah, society. Yeah. Well, well said, Justice Jakob, and I thank you so much for your time today, for spending the hour with me here on Newsbreak Talk. I retired Justice Jakob from the Constitutional Court there. We'll leave it there. Broadcast came away courtesy of the team executive producers Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi. From Itaresh, hey, have an awesome day. SABC News, independent and impartial. Good afternoon. The presidency says it. The presidency says that it will ensure that those who are responsible for the loss of monies or assets in state institutions are held accountable. This after President Cyril Ramaphosa established a special tribunal that will assist the Special Investigations Unit in recovering monies that state institutions and government have lost through corruption and irregular expenditure. Abongile Dumako takes on the story. The office of the president says the litigation... News break. Lotus FM. Powered by SABC News.